the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. got an image of a bunch of sharks there by the way this is guess what the weekend of woodstock pop festival rock festival and that was this weekend july or august 15th 16th 17th 18th of 1969 so this is what the 51st anniversary tell you what guys it was uh it was something to see we got there a day early by the way did i tell you that ken i did I, I had no idea you had gone, Doc. We were there, and uh, we actually found, uh, we were driving around, I forget the little town's name. Uh, we were driving around, and we went through a little uh, Holiday Inn, and there were a bunch of hippie-looking guys there. <laughs> and so we stopped and talked to them, because we were the hippie guys, too. And they were actually the promoters, the producers of the of the whole thing. They put the whole thing on. They organized it and, and, and funded it and everything. So we uh, we did a little trading with them, and they gave us some backstage passes. And one of the guys was up on stage with Jimi Hendrix eating hot dogs and drinking beer. How about that? That's very cool, Doc. That is that too is cool, super man. super cool. You are just the super coolest again. Again. So we get there, and we drove out to, the, uh, to Yasker's Farm. Yasker's Farm was a dairy farm near Woodstock, New York, upstate New York. And we got there, and there were some roadies putting up the stage, and, and uh, they were putting up the aid stations. And there were, you know, a few people wandering around that had come in early. What was that noise? That's, that's my headphones. I'm sorry. My headphones are too loud. Oh, my God. Are you trying to kill me here? <laughs> my ears are going sorry crazy. About that, Just... So um, <clears throat> we get there, and we camp on the, if you're looking at the stage, we camped up on the hill on the right side, right by the road. And, you know, we wandered around and said hello to everybody and looked to talk to the roadies and all that. And we did whatever the hippies did back then, and we went to sleep. And when we went to sleep, there were a couple of cars on this road coming, coming into the Yaskers farm. And when we woke up in the morning, there was a traffic jam 10 miles long backed up, people coming in, parking, setting up. And by the end of the day, we're, there were close to half a million people there. It was unbelievable. Piled right in. 
and it was something to see. But it was it was muddy the second day it rained, and it was muddy the rest of the time. But everybody seemed to have a good time. I didn't see anybody fighting. Uh, there was no discord. There were some people freaking out because they took LSD or something, and they were down at the aid station. But uh, And then the usual sprained ankles and an acute appendix and all that. And it was so crowded. I mean, the roads were so jammed that they couldn't even get the performers in. So they had to helicopter them in. Did you know that? I've, uh, I've read about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they helicoptered them in, and, uh, of course, the doctors and the, the aid workers that had to come in had to be helicoptered in, too. It was interesting. It was fascinating to see. So who did oh, you, who, who'd you meet there? Did you get any autographs or anything like that since you were backstage? Uh I give autographs, Ken. I don't take them. <laughs> okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Silly me. <laughs> I was arrogant even then. <laughs> I thought I was a cat's meow, you know. No, very cool you got to go, though. I was So, eight, yeah. So I didn't get to go. No, well, what are you going to do? I know. <clears throat> we, had, uh, we had an interesting time. It, it was a fascinating weekend. And uh, drove up there in an old panel truck, beat up old truck, and that thing finally broke down out in California somewhere, and we abandoned it. And some guy called me from California, some hippie, and he wanted to know if he could have it. I said, sure, take it. <clears throat> but that was our story of Woodstock. A lot went on, um, you know, a lot of people there. I had sewn a, my own pair of bell-bottom pants. They were yellow Zodiac pants. They had Zodiac signs all over them, and they were bright yellow. It was pretty cool looking, and people remembered me because I went to several other pop festivals, and they come, hey, you were in Woodstock, hey, you were at so-and-so, and uh, it was fun, it was interesting. Do you have love beads on, where you're wearing your love beads and flowers in your hair and all that? No, I didn't, I didn't get into the flowers in the hair, I was more going after the girls with the flowers <laughs> in their hair, I wasn't too, flowers in my hair didn't seem, uh, seem to be helpful in my situation, so. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, it sounds know. like a good time was had by all. It was. It was fascinating. And it was violent-free, uh, pretty much, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't see anybody fighting. I didn't, you know, everybody was very pleasant and, and interacting. And, you know, a couple of angry people about, about being ripped off on a dope deal and that sort of thing. But what are you going to do? And I don't think they made a lot of money on that. I think it probably um, that didn't at one point the fences just go down. They just started letting everybody in. I never saw any fences. But... You know, I think you were supposed to pay, but you were, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was so it was so crowded. You, I mean, there's nothing you could do. I don't think we paid. If we did, I don't remember. Um, I think they just gave us passes, and nobody ever asked us for a pass, so it didn't seem to really matter much. The yeah, promoters made all their money on the on the uh, film and the, and the record that followed later. Oh yeah, because you yeah. know, like um, <clears throat> uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, just on. Uh, the song Woodstock, which we played at the beginning of the show, uh, they made a lot of money on that and on that album. And of course, Joni Mitchell made money. Uh, a lot of people who were uh, well named became really big name bands. Uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, a few bands like that. I think they really got a lot of pickup from that. So it was good advertisement for them, and and they wanted to be part of it. You know, they felt like they were part of that generation. They kind of made we, Santana. They weren't really, I don't think, that well-known before Woodstock, were they? San, they were. Yeah, we knew about them, but, you know, they, they, I mean, they really took off after that. Yeah. I mean, Santana, 
Can you believe that guy? He has traversed, what, five, six decades of, of music. <laughs> and still and, going, and yeah. Still going. Yeah. Unbelievable. And has done everything from salsa to jazz to blues to uh, rock and uh, amazing. Yeah. So, by the way, I got a call from my sister yesterday. And how is your sister? She's still having migraine headaches, and she asked me about a drug called Namenda, which I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about for just a minute before we get into the politics of the day. Mementine is uh, a drug that was developed for Alzheimer's disease, but it seems to have some other uses. It's a, a, a good drug, uh, and it has been used off-label for migraine headaches, for prophylaxis to prevent migraine headaches. Uh, as you know, I've been taking the Irunumab, which is the monoclonal antibody that you shoot yourself up with uh, once a month, and it's an injectable. And that has worked well for me. It's cut my migraines way down, but it's expensive, and you know, she's a poor thing, you know, Democrat. <clears throat> <laughs> and she can't afford We tried to get it for her, but, uh, but she read up on on Mementine, which is called Namenda, that's the brand name, and she found out that it has been tried and used for migraine headache prophylaxis. So this is something that those of you with migraines, migraineurs, you may want to know about. I did research it a little bit, and there was one article out of uh, a group in India, and they had 60 patients, and they uh, they uh, allocated 30 to the, the placebo, to the sugar pill, and 30 to the real drug. And they saw a significant uh, decrease in headaches with the patients who were on the Mementine and the Namenda. And this is uh, a drug that interferes with one of the neurotransmitters, one of the chemicals in the brain. That What happens in the brain with the brain cells is you have the tail of, the, of one brain cell neuron connecting or touching, almost touching the uh, body of the next cell down the line. But in order to make that final jump, because it's, you know, it's a, it's a very narrow uh, space, but it's too, still too wide for an electrical impulse to go through, you have to have a chemical impulse. So it, there are chemicals in the brain like uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine and gabapentin and uh, methyl alpha aspartame and all these things. And they are stimulated to be released by the tail of one cell, and then they stimulate the head of the next cell, and then transmission, the electrical transmission goes on down the line. And so what drugs like Mementine do is they interfere with the electrical electrical conduction uh, down the cell membrane line, and we think that migraines are caused by overactive brain cells, neurons, that uh, are abnormally stimulated and cause abnormal uh, uh, irritation of the lining around the brain. So this seems to be a pretty good drug. And... Uh, I told her what I thought. I thought she should try it since she can't afford the uh, the uh, monoclonal antibodies. They're still very expensive, Ken. They're you know they're still uh, uh, fairly new and not that widely used. It costs a lot to bring these things to market. So hopefully the president will be able to, in some way, figure out how to get drug costs down. But I don't think it's going to be easy because this is going to have to involve the uh, the Congress and you know our Constitution doesn't really allow us to directly negotiate. We have to go through third parties, so we subcontract everything out. But I think that 
it's doable if Congress will get on board with it. I don't think they like him. I don't think the Democrats like him at all. <laughs> you picked up on that, huh? <laughs> I did. You know, and I, I, I was just amazed to find out that they don't like this man. And my sisters, of course, they hate him. And um, my, my, oh, by the way, my baby sister, she had a trimalleolar fracture of her ankle, believe it or not. And she had surgery uh, six weeks ago. They had to do an open uh, reduction fixation. What they do is they cut you open and they have to put some plates and screws in. Listen to this story. She was at the park with her dog, Tilly, and another big dog, a Labadoodle, uh, was running as fast as it could and didn't see her, and his head ran right into her ankle and broke her ankle. You're kidding. Wow. No. I, 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 can you believe that? I mean, that that's almost uh, uh, an inconceivable one in a billion chance. Dog must have been doing 40 miles an hour. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and they're, they're big dogs, too. You know, the, the poodles are fast and strong, and, and the Labradors are, are muscular, so... Yeah, they have thick heads, so that'll that. The, the poodles are extremely yeah. rough for their weight. They're they are rough dogs. They tried using those dogs for uh, sleds and the uh, and the Iditarod, uh, but their paws they don't have any um, they don't have any fur. They don't have any padding enough padding, so their paws were freezing, so they couldn't use them. But they could pull they could pull a dog sled easily. So that is. Uh, fascinating and i hope that my little sister gets better quick she is out in the garden on her knee roller have you seen those knee rollers those knee uh that they use when you have a broken ankle or foot yeah uh, i've seen those before little knee scooters Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. my wife had one when she had her bunions done i bought it for her i'm such a nice guy (laughs) you are we all know that she said i was handsome this morning ken so that was good then she there you go and she's wonderful to say that. I think I love her this Very morning. Very nice. And she hadn't hit me or kicked me in 48 hours, so I think <laughs> something's we're working. Make, we're making progress. The therapy we're is making, working, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> we're making progress. Well, we sent the boy back, and he uh, he's back in Richmond doing his final year of graduate school. He took the car train up, and if you've never done that, uh, the car train is really fun to do. It leaves from... Uh, What's that little town just north of Orlando? Uh, I'll forget the name of it. But you drive over there, and uh, you have your car put onto the train, and you get on, and you can buy a ticket for a seat. Or if you want to upgrade, you can get a berth. And you can take a train ride with your car all the way up to just about 45 minutes south of Washington, D.C., a couple hours away from Richmond. You're about an hour away from uh the uh, peninsula and uh, so you're in a great area there it's a fun trip if you like trains and it's really nice to have uh, a club car a dining car they have a a dome you can go up and and look out and see the world so it's if you've never done it and you like trains it's worth doing once you can drive up and see washington dc before the democrats uh destroy it and move the capital to havana is it Havana? Is that is that I, I the United States? I haven't heard anybody States? mention Havana yet, but you know. Oh, that's not in the United States yet. No, no. <laughs> oh, not yet. Oh, okay. Annexation right. talks going on, but you know. <laughs> Between Obama and Castro. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, so I got into we, we had uh, we had a little uh, a little going away party for Zeke. 
I think it was Wednesday night, and our next-door neighbor, Barb, who's a real hoot, and I love her dearly. Of course, she's a left-wing loony. She can't help herself, doesn't know any better. <clears throat> she uh, uh, came over, and you know what fascinates me is she and, and Zeke, they jumped on me about the post office and about Trump not wanting to shift some of the discretionary funds over to the post office. You know, the post office has been struggling, like a lot of businesses, with the uh, pandemic because there's been a drop in, in, in the package business, and they were making a lot of money off of their packaging, package uh, shipping business. And, of course, mail uh, is going down because of the Internet. So they cut out overtime. And then the Democrats want to mail out 60 million ballots to everybody and his mother and dead uncle and all that. And, uh, and the, the uh, postmaster general, a Trump appointee, he said, we can't handle it. And Trump's saying, well, I'm not going to fund them. If, if the Democrats aren't going to come to the table and, and try and make a deal on, on, the, uh, on the next stimulus package, then I'm not going to fund the, the post office and, and help the Democrats try and steal the election. And so they're jumping all over me. And, you know, this is what I don't understand, Ken. Um, you know, the living, the walking dead, the living dead, that TV series. Sure. Yeah. You know, why is it the Democrats all love that show? Uh, are they are they ghouls? Are they man eaters? <laughs> now, listen, I was eating my vegetarian sausage and, um, you know, I spiced it up with a little ketchup and mustard. And, of course, they had steak raw. And, you know, I thought they were going to you should have seen their canines. They grew when I brought the steak in. It was bloody. No kidding, and their, can, <laughs> their canines actually got larger. <laughs> Do they have and a I, cape on, too? Do they, go, do they grow a cape? <laughs> Welcome to my home. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God. What a, who am I with here? So, at any rate, so the, the, the funding of the, people think that the president funds the post office. The president does not fund the post office. The post office is funded through the annual budget, which is approved by Congress, and the president has to sign the bill, of course. He sends his budget over, and then they tweak it with what they want, and, you know, between the House and the Senate. So there are funds that are already allocated for the post office annually, and the post office, uh, this started back with Reagan. Uh, he wanted to make it a, a self-sustaining entity. He did not want it to be a drain on the, um, on the budget. He wanted it to make money which is a good thing, and, uh, you know, that, that's fine with me. Of course, people get upset when the price of postage goes up, but as the Internet is taking over, things like uh, snail mail are going to be by the by. They'll be gone anyway. You think it'll one day disappear completely? I think that there's always going to be package shipping, but at some point when we have uh, the ability to teletransport uh, yeah. goods and people but that's that's not going to be in we my won't, life we won't see that no no but but i said that about how far along we are now i said we wouldn't see that i said we mm. wouldn't see a black president although we'll we'll have one but uh, we had a black president uh, I, I can't believe that the computer that was at my college at st louis university which took up a whole uh, floor of a basement building uh is now replaceable with a watch size computer. I mean, I, you know, I just couldn't believe that things would 
move as fast as they have. I thought that genetic engineering would cure a lot of diseases, but not in my lifetime. My God, migraine headaches, treatable because of genetic engineering. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Oh my. So at any rate, things are moving faster. And uh, I, I think that we'll see uh, uh, the post office morph into uh, a competitor of, of things like UPS and FedEx. And they already are. And they're, they're doing ancillary work for, for companies that are getting overwhelmed like UPS and FedEx. And FedEx is helping them out too. And Amazon, by the way, occasionally I'll get Amazon packages through the U.S. mail. Um, so I, I guess that they're they're in the mix, and I don't think you and I are going to see them go away, Ken. But at some point they'll morph into something different. Do we need a you post, know? Do we need a postage mark? That's that's a kind of a legal thing on some documents. You know, you want that in the mail by such and such a time, and you got to have a postage mark. Can I know? Uh, and can the other companies duplicate that, or is it just specific to this post office? Well, you know, you can get a Pitney Bowes machine and it'll give you a postmark That's in your true. office. Yeah. So I, th- I think that, but they're licensed. They're licensed uh, entities to do that. Uh, certainly we can we can do it. Uh, uh, you know, the technology is there. I mean, my gosh, I can go online and send you a document that's been digitally signed and, uh, and validated and uh, I can send it encrypted. And it will not be changeable by you or me once once I click that button. So there are opportunities to uh, do this. And what I think the post office should do is morph more into the digital age. I think that they would really take over the market if they went from snail mail to email and had uh, the kind of uh, high-level security offered that uh, that companies like uh, DigiSign do, but I guess there are some uh, uh, some private enterprise issues there that the government doesn't want to step on, but you know, it's in the Constitution. Did you know the post office is mentioned in the Constitution of the United States? I don't recall that. No, what did it say about the post office? It sets it up, and it says that uh, there will be a postmaster general because initially there were four members of the cabinet, the Secretary of War, Secretary of the Treasury, Secretary of the Post Office and Secretary of State. And those were the first four uh, uh, cabinet departments that were created by the Constitution or named specifically. The, the, the Post Office is, is actually, it, the government was given the power, Congress was given the power to set up the Post Office. And we had that even in, in 1775 at the beginning of the uh, Revolutionary War. Wasn't Ben Franklin running that at the time? I think Ben was yeah, think one of the... Old one ben of the principal architects of that, yeah, yeah. Ben was in on that. But, you know, you can see the logic of it. I mean, it's like all the fuss over uh, secure Internet services. Now, you had to have a, a secure way of transmitting uh, information. This was before telegraph, telegraphs and telephones, so you had to have a secure way of transmitting information from the uh, Continental Congress to to the uh, troops in the field, to General Washington, and you had to have a secure way of communicating with your uh, delegates overseas and the French court who were petitioning for the French to enter the Revolutionary War on our behalf. And so you can see that that was high tech and, and necessity. It was very necessary at that time. And of course, Ben Franklin was a printer and he had the wherewithal and, and he also had the network because he had established all of these uh, franchises up and down the colonies and into the Caribbean, 
to sell his uh, Poor Farmer's Almanac. So he was the man to go to for that. But I think we should morph into something different. And I said that back in the 80s that the post office ought to get into the electronic age. <clears throat> they may very well do it yet. Well, they morphed into the Pony, the Pony Express for a while, and then uh, into what we can so they, they've they've shown their ability to change over the generations. Oh yeah, they can, but it's the government. It takes them a while, you know. It's yeah. a it's a big, slow moving elephant, and uh, the thing you don't want to do is getting in the way of it. But you do want to make sure that it can go forage and feed itself, uh, if possible. At any rate, that's that's the story. So the president's saying, "Look, I'll." give the post office some discretionary funds if the Democrats will come back to the table and approve some kind of a, uh, uh, a, a second uh, stimulus package. And, of course, they don't want to do that because they don't want the economy to get better uh, with the election coming because they'll lose. They're going to lose anyway. But I was talking with uh, Al, my friend who is uh, a doctor at the hospital, and he uh, he's a pretty wealthy guy, so he's got a big a big uh, fund manager that he goes to and deals with, and he gets richer every year. And he said that the fund managers, one of the reasons, Ken, that the stock market is going up is because of all the big fund managers. They all think Trump's going to win. They think he's going to win 40 frickin' states. They 40 think states, gonna, really? They, they think he's going to take 40 states, and they're all bullish, and they're all putting their money in the market because they think once he's reelected, there'll be a big bump. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he'll he'll push hard for more um, uh, more uh, uh, stimulus into the economy and more domestic production of things like generic drugs. And, you know, he made that deal with Kodak that Kodak is going to uh, start making some generic drugs. The old Kodak photo company is now going to be the Kodak drug company. They've been involved in it for a while anyway, peripherally. So that's fascinating. At any rate, the president is doing a good job from, from what I can see. Uh, even the people who don't like him are starting to admit that, yeah, maybe he is doing a good, pretty good job. You know, this, this guy is uh, uh, certainly doing more than any president in my lifetime. So I guess we're getting close to break time here, huh, Ken? We can if you want, Doc. It's up to you, what but it's your it? problem. It's your show. Well, I just heard something go, whoop. I thought that was an email text message <laughs> from you. Nope. No, that wasn't you? I, well, I did send you a message, actually. I did, yeah. I'm th- I've lost. Wait a minute. I've lost my, uh, <laughs> where the heck is my, my message board here? Okay. Break there it is. Hang on. Hang on. I'm looking. Oh, <laughs> chat. There it is. Break when ready. Oh, yeah. Would you, is your bladder full already, dude? Oh, my God. <laughs> I worry about you, Doc. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. you got to get that coffee. I figure you're ready for the second cup. I'm getting close. And when we come back, I'm going to uh, talk about this guy, uh, Kleinsmith, uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, who has been indicted uh, by the uh, the special and the Durham investigation for ponying up uh, uh, documents that he then turned over to the FISA court and now he's caught, and he's a no-good Nick, that's for sure. And he's apologizing and say he was wrong, and, you know, he was given this, and he's, he's trying to uh, downplay his role in it, but he's up to it and is up to his neck in it. 
So we're going to talk about him when we come back. We'll play a little little Woodstock here as we go out. I'm Dr. Bill. I'll be right back. With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. President Trump's younger brother, Robert Trump, has passed away. After being hospitalized in New York, he was 71 years old. In a statement released last night, the president said his brother was his best friend. Mr. Trump visited his brother at the New York City Hospital Friday after White House officials said he had become seriously ill. Texas leaders who grappled with coronavirus testing shortages for much of the pandemic are now facing the opposite problem, not enough takers. The number of coronavirus tests being done each day in Texas has dropped by thousands in August, mirroring nationwide trends. And Israel has closed the Gaza Strip's offshore fishing zone following out of cross-border fighting with Palestinian terrorists. The most intense escalation of hostilities in recent months, terrorists fired two rockets into southern Israel. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser. Doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674. Can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into just six capsules? Yes. We start by sourcing organically grown whole fruits and vegetables. We ensure they are picked at peak ripeness. All of our produce is third-party tested for pesticides, heavy metals, bad bacteria, and nutrients. They are then washed, cut, and put through an advanced vacuum-cold process, which removes the water using pressure. This maximizes the nutritional value while preserving the color, smell, and taste of the fruit or vegetable. 
The freeze-dried food is then ground into a fine powder without adding any additives, fillers, or extracts. These powdered foods are then mixed in our proprietary blends and encapsulated, locking out air and moisture. The capsules are then bottled and shipped directly to our customers. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code RESULTS. Take AM860 The Answer with you wherever you go with our mobile app, theanswertampa.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. Jay Sekulow leads the fight protecting this president. The Supreme Court has temporarily blocked both Congress and New York prosecutors from obtaining the president's financial records. Here's what it means. Number one, no documents are being delivered either to Congress or to the district attorney. We will go to federal court and we will go back through this process again. Jay Sekulow live afternoons at 5 on AM 860. The answer. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. We'll see a high of 90 degrees today. Scattered showers and thunderstorms. Possibility 80 for a low tonight. With a clear skies, tomorrow, Monday, expect a high of 88 with mixture of sun and clouds, maybe some storms in the afternoon. And looking ahead to Tuesday, 90 degrees for a high, partly cloudy with a shower, thunderstorm possible again in the afternoon. That's your exclusive AccuWeather forecast on AM860, The Answer. a little bit of Woodstock, not Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I was there this weekend 51 years ago. Hard to believe, hard to believe I was there. So at any rate, this guy, Kevin Kleinsmith, I don't know if you've heard about this. He has been indicted uh, by the the Durham uh, investigation for altering uh, an email that was used uh, to justify a court's wiretap approval into Carter Page. And Carter Page, of course, is not very happy about it. And he's been saying all along he never did anything wrong. Uh, They accused Carter Page of being a a Russian agent when actually he was a former CIA operative or semi-operative. But the uh, and the CIA had actually told the FBI that, Ken, they had said that uh, he's he's not uh, a Russian agent. He was one of our assets at some point. But this guy, Klein Smith, he, uh, he altered this apparently on his, of his own accord, although now he's saying that it was given to him that way. But, you know, you can't believe that crap. He was a bad boy, Doc. He was a bad boy, yes, and he's he just one of many. And uh, he, he looks like he's kind of a weenie to me. I mean, it, i, I got to tell you, some of these guys, I don't understand what they're thinking. Uh, he th- said things like... Uh, I can't imagine the systemic disassembly of the progress we made over the last eight years. Affordable Care Act is gone. Who knows if the rhetoric about deporting people, he's talking about what Trump said, walls and crap is true. I honestly feel like there is going to be a lot more gun issues, too. The crazies finally won. That's me and you. This is the Tea Party on steroids. This is Klein Smith in one of his uh emails that he sent, and by the way, sent it on government, uh, uh, over government lines here. And the GOP is going to be lost. They have to deal with an incumbent in four years. We have to fight this again. Also, Pence is stupid. I, I, you know, this is the kind of stuff that these people are writing about us. 
um, you know, it's like my next door neighbor that I told you called me a redneck because I voted for Trump. I kind of took took that as a compliment because I like to work <laughs> yeah. outside and yeah. I get sunburned and, you know. Good for you. Get that vitamin D. So who is this Klein Smith guy? Well, he apparently he came from Michigan. I'm, I try to track down his name. You can't find out much about him. But he uh, he took these these two doc, uh, ponied up doctored uh, uh, emails and presented them as bona fide documents to a FISA court, FISA court, FISA. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the FISA courts are, they're secret courts that have been set up by the FISA Act, uh, uh, re-established. Uh, the FISA Act came out in the 1970s, uh, Foreign Intelligence uh, Surveillance Act, and it was... Uh, upgraded and updated in the early 2000s after 9-11 because it did not include things like electronic uh, transfer, mail, internet, and that sort of thing. So you can take, uh, the FBI can take a a document to the FISA court and with that document and information that they have, they can ask a FISA court judge to give them a warrant, a secret warrant, ex parte, which means one-sided, only the prosecuting, uh, only the cops can, can have any knowledge of this, uh, a warrant to surveil or wiretap or uh, do any number of things. Uh, of This was supposed to be of foreign citizens, but as you know, Carter Page is an American, uh, but they were saying, well, he's a foreign agent. And so they got a wiretap, okay, from the judge, and then they took that wiretap and they listened to stuff and they changed that around too. They went back for a second, uh, a second warrant to surveil Carter Page, and then they outed him as, um, you know, the big leak. We all remember that. They said that he was a Russian agent, and Carter Page said, "You know what? These guys endangered my life. I had death threats." Uh, uh, I had to close down my email account, change my phone number, and, uh, you, you know, he's just a guy that was working for Trump. Uh, he Did you know he was a graduate of Annapolis? He no, was a, I didn't. had no idea. Yeah. yeah, he's apparently a pretty pretty good guy, pretty smart guy, uh, served his country. and Served uh, in the Navy, obviously, yeah. So. Yeah, or the Marines or something. Well, well they set him up so, pretty good, didn't they? Yeah, and so, <laughs> so, so Klein Smith he says that uh, that he was pro uh, Hillary and anti-Trump, and uh, Representative Mark Meadows from North Carolina was the first one who outed Klein Smith in June of 2018 as one of the five unidentified FBI officials in the Inspector General's office. Uh, who reported the on the uh, involved in the Hillary email situation and also in, in investigating the Trump with all this phony baloney stuff, and he sent messages. Can you believe this? That he said, I mean, I never really liked the republic anyway. The, the United States is a republic. <laughs> wow! <doesn't> like it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and so he's asking a, a girl out, and he says, as, as I have initiated the destruction of the republic. Okay. Would you be so kind as to have a coffee with me this afternoon? <laughs> so he's using his his hatred of the republic and of me and you 
and Trump, and uh, and he he said <laughs> one of his quotes is, "I'm clinging to a small pocket of happiness in the dark time of the republic's destruction, like we're destroying the republic." Holy moly! Yeah, all right. Uh, and he sent he later sent a message to the first attorney uh, involved in in this uh, investigation. Uh, commenting on the amount of money the subject of an uh, FBI investigation had been paid while working on the Trump campaign. So we don't know who t- attorney one is, but that'll come out next. He was attorney two. Now we know it's Smith. And so he said, uh, is it making you rethink your commitment to the Trump administration? Uh, FBI attorney two replied, hell no. Viva la resistance. Because they were talking about the you know the money that was being paid for phony documents against Trump, and he's saying, "Hell no, I still hate Trump." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so, Doc, what are you gonna do? I, mean, I this don't is know just anymore. Silly. It's called Election it's, Day, I guess. That's what you got to do. Uh, well, I, th- I think that we have to really get on top of the mountain and start shouting this out. And I know a lot of people. Uh, don't want to discuss their political uh, sentiments because of the animosity on the left towards the right. And, uh, you know, they think that we hate them, but of course that's just projection, which is a psychological uh, phenomenon where you ascribe to somebody else how you feel about them and think they feel the same way about you. Well, if I don't like you, then you don't like me. Well, see, I knew you didn't like me. Well, you know, I like my sisters. I love my sisters. I mean, even though they're crazy and, and, and I worry about them and they've got broken bones and they've had all their parts replaced and uh, I think everything below the waist in my on my younger sister has been replaced, knees, hips, ankles. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, you still love them, Ken. You don't, and you don't want to physically attack them or, or hurt them. You just want to convince them that there's another way of looking at the world and that perhaps their response is highly emotional because it involves things like, I hate Trump. And, you know, I I, I have heard a few people or I heard a few people during uh, Obama's administration say, I hate that guy. But most people said, you know, I just don't agree with him. Uh, I don't know the guy. I mean, he may be a nice guy in private. Uh, It It wasn't as an emotional relationship, I think, yeah. No, I As mean, people you know, have with the, the president. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you think that a lot of the base of the Republican Party are Christians and the message of Christianity is love and acceptance and peace and all that, then you have to think that uh, people who are conservative don't hate the left. They They may not like the ideas and the ideals of the left, but... We have to remember these are people, too. Now, some of them are criminals, and they need to be locked up, as we see out in the riots in Portland and Seattle and so on and so forth. Uh, and th- that goes without saying. But I, I, I think that as a general rule, I don't, and I'm sure you don't either, Ken. I mean, I don't have any animosity towards Obama. I, I have no personal, I don't, I don't hate him. I mean, I respected him as a president, and I thought he was very brave to to be the first black president. I mean, you know, he had a bullseye on his back every day he walked out of the White House. Very true. I, yeah. da- I doubt he could go to the latrine without two Secret Service guys that are beside him. Yeah. No, I don't hate anybody, period, Doc. I have no hate for anybody. 
No, I mean, there's no reason to. Well, I have one person that I hate. <laughs> Who's that? I can't tell you because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe in good and evil. I think there are things that work and things that don't work. But I know one person who I think is truly the embodiment of evil incarnate. So that's, and I'm not going to tell you who he is. All right, fair enough. Where's he live? So I stay be... away. He's he in Tampa anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think he's in your realm. He's okay, he's in good. the medical field. He's ah, not in the right. radio field. So you're safe. Very good. Just worry about myself. Yeah. And you better worry about what Joe worries about too. I always worry about what Joe worries about. Yeah. So. We've got this FBI lawyer who doctored up this email and wrote that the crazies won after the Trump was elected. Uh, am I crazy? I mean, I know I'm not normal, but does that mean I know I'm, I'm a little a little different, but does that make me crazy? Not at all. No. Okay. I mean, is it OK to be a little bit different? Certainly. Variety is a spice of life, Doc. I mean, we would. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that we have to we have to put it into perspective. What is crazy? Crazy is when you're no longer in touch with reality. Exactly. Uh, pr- crazy is when you do things that uh, are are not connected to the normal and rational thoughts that most of us have. And uh, you know, we have medication for some people who are crazy. We have hospitalization for others, and for those who are socially crazy and you know, have flunked the test of life. You know, they've been given the test of life and they've robbed or, or murdered or raped or looted or whatever. Well, then we have a, a bigger institution, a more serious institution. It's called prison. And uh, so I, I don't I have said that, that the, it is craziness to think that socialism will work. But that doesn't mean that I think people who believe in socialism are crazy. Now, certainly People like Stalin and Mao, they were sociopaths. That doesn't mean they were crazy. I think they knew the difference between right and wrong and just uh, uh, made a conscious decision that they didn't care. They didn't care who they killed to get where they wanted to go, That the, as I've said over and over, that the end justifies the means, which is the problem with communism, with, with Marxism, with, with socialism. It's We have to get there at any price. Well, that, that's not the way to do it. That, you know, that never works, and it destroys uh, the morales of a society. I mean, look at the Russians. Oh, my gosh. I mean, those people were suffering under under communism. And uh, In the end, the people know, rise up, I think. It may take well, 50 years, but... Or more. Or more, yeah. And it's, it sometimes takes uh, catastrophic events like the Black Plague, which mm-hmm. uh, started the... Uh, uh, or aided to the middle class revolution in the 14th century and uh, started the whole idea of uh, for hire labor. And of course, labor unions grew out of that and guilds. And, uh, you know, the economy boomed after the great uh, plague swept through Europe. And I think that we're seeing a change in our, in our society as well uh, with this, uh, with this uh, coronavirus that's going on. You know, Ken, it's interesting to me that we are increasingly uh, using telemedicine and telehealth, and I think that there are a lot of other companies that are doing that. One of the guys that has a video production company that's a, a, that is a patient of mine was in the other day, Jay, 
And, uh, you know, they, they went from 20 or 30 employees down to five with the contraction. And I said, do you think you're going to make it? He said, well, you know, Doc, we're doing these, uh, these virtual, these online shows. They did a lot of, uh, like, production shows for big conventions, say 10,000 people, you know, and out in Las Vegas or uh, sporting events and that sort of thing. He said, now we're doing it online, but, you know, you go from eight or 10,000 to 800 people and the, the money you make on it is a lot less. So we had to let a lot of people go. And, you know, he's got trucks and cameras and video equipment. I mean, you're a lot tied up in it, but now he's shifting over to uh, uh, online work. And I think we're going to see that in a number of areas. And it goes back to what I was saying about the post office, that they need to start shifting over more to uh, online and Internet services. I don't know why. I'm sure that there is a monetary reason they haven't done that, uh, as well as just the, the slow movement of, of a big animal like the government. <clears throat> but uh, it's changing the way we live. And this this is going to continue and, and you know you see this reflected in things like the FISA uh, laws which have been updated over the past two decades to keep up with the changing uh, technology so that so that our our FBI our CIA and our NSA can can uh, keep tabs on on people who are bad actors and trying to do us harm it's a good thing uh, it just needs to be applied properly and with the proper oversight and the FISA courts, that's why they're there, so that they can vet the, uh, the documents that are brought to them by people like Klein Smith. And, you know, poor Carter Page, I mean, the guy had his life put on hold for, uh, for five years, and uh, they put my wife at risk, he said. You know, they, they, they put me out there, hung me out to dry. He said, Klein Smith, his organization, and their associates put my very life at risk, leading to abusive calls and death threats because of my personal opinions and support for President Trump. There is a long way to go on the road to restoring justice in America, but certainly a good first step has now been taken. And it's referring to Klein Smith being indicted. And he says, he goes on further, he says, after several years, Klein Smith is finally being held accountable and pleading guilty to committing a felony. I mean, this is a felony. Uh, this is a big deal. Yeah, to sue him personally. Well, I, I don't know if, if he was acting as a private <laughs> citizen. You probably can. If he was acting as a government employee, uh, I don't know that that you can sue him. And yeah. you know, that's the same. I mean, I'd like to. I'd like to sue Fauci. I'd like to go after that sob for, for what he did. But you know, I don't think you can do it. I mean, he and he he doesn't have malpractice insurance, and he's lived on a government salary all of his life. I'm sure he's not not a wealthy guy. I'd like to go over and at least steal an ashtray from his home. <laughs> Just exact a little bit of a revenge. Is that right? Just a little bit for what he did. So, you know, he goes on to say that after several years, Klein Smith is finally being held accountable and pleading guilty to committing a felony for his involvement in the plot to falsely portray me and by implication the Trump administration as traitors. It's hard to believe that half the country actually believed that <laughs> that President Trump was a Russian operative, <laughs> that he was a traitor. And, you know, it's hard to believe that they got away with this for so long. 
He goes on to say that the actions by the full band of government officials and Democrat operatives involved in the creation of the false application for my FISA warrants were entirely unconscionable. And this is Page referring to the ponied up uh, emails that were taken to the FISA court by Klein Smith. And we'll get attorney number one next. He's probably on the lam somewhere. But, you know, the theory is that as we uh, as we get closer to the the bottom line here, that bringing Klein Smith in is going to be a message to uh, the other people who know that they're on the list to turn themselves in, to give it up. And by doing so, you know, they can cut a deal. And what they want to do is they want to work their way up. The, the uh, prosecutors want to work their way up to the top and find out where this is at. Of course, Comey's going to be up there somewhere. And uh, we don't know for sure, but we suspect that even, uh, even Vice President Biden had a hand in this, uh, as well as then Attorney General. So we'll, we'll have to see where it goes, but certainly this is a good first step. And uh, if we can out one or two a month for the next couple of months, I think we'll be on good footing. I, I think the president's going to win. Uh, I think that after the, like I said last week, after the announcement, Ken, of the uh, four points and his willingness to uh, continue to support the American people financially uh, until we can get some kind of a second stimulus package is, is going to ensure that he will win. I don't think, I don't think Biden's going to show up for any debates. I just, I still think they're going to wheedle their way out of it. Biden says he wants to debate, but uh, I don't see it. I don't see him doing that. His, his people, of course, don't want him to debate because they know that he's a, a frickin' demented old man. And, uh, you know, he's probably on that demented that my sister wants. That's for Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> so we're getting close to the end here, buddy. Oh, my gosh, how the time flies. We had some fun today, I think. We always have fun. Yes, we do. And Woodstock weekend, I'd like to say hello to everybody out there who was at Woodstock or remembers it. Um, pretty soon we won't be able to remember it. Uh, and that'll be another thing that's gone by the by. Uh, sounds like the Kennedys are starting to, they're still trying to hold on to the Kennedy memories, but they're starting to fade a little bit, you know. And the, the kids aren't as interested in history from 50, 60, 70 years ago. You know, I was thinking about when I was a kid and World War One. I. I was interested in it, but it was not as as grabbing as World War Two and the Korean War, and then of course the Vietnam War. But I think that's just human nature. As time goes by, you forget a lot. <clears throat> so we'll keep that memory alive a little bit longer. And uh, it, it was a, a wonderful thing: uh, music and peace and love, and uh, just really. Uh, Something to remember, something to talk about in my old age, and say I was there. And I've also been able to see the first attempt to to take a president down uh, by uh, by an overthrow by the opposite party in the manner that it's been done. And we're going to get them. We're going to get them, guys. And remember, whether you like Trump personally or not, what he's done is unbelievably remarkable. 
and we're going to see the economy come roaring back. It already is back. Unemployment's going to drop below 10% here shortly. So let's keep the faith, baby. We're getting close. All right, let's get some music and get the, get the puck out of Dodge, man. Have a good one. I love you guys. Thanks for being with me today.